right. Okay. So if we're live now, we just got done having Dr. Joe Boot at the conference. Um, Jesus is King over Tyrants, right? So if you have, if you missed it, the archive will go up right now. FLFnetwork.com forward slash live rally. Um, the ending is phenomenal, and you didn't even do it. No. <laughs> That's cheating. That's a good policy. That's, <laughs> That's cheating. First of all, man, let's get an update really quick. What's going on in Canada? Well, it's a very challenging time right now in Canada. Some of you may have heard that um, churches that have been resisting the unprecedented um, and indefinite um, lockdown and restrictions upon churches have been fairly isolated. Um, I think over the Easter weekend there were 79 churches only across all of Canada that opened up without restrictions for Good Friday 79. and Easter Sunday. Yeah, 79. And how many churches are there? Well, in, in my own region, which is just a region of 500,000 people, there are 700 churches just in one small area. 700 so, yeah. Wow. And uh, so, um, you know, if you multiply that by the, 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 the size of Canada, which is, what is it now? Um, 37 million, something like that. Okay. Um, Almost the size of Texas. There you go. <laughs> well, it's cold up north. You can't go too far. You have to live near the U.S. border. <laughs> Just in case the cold front pushes you down. Right. Okay. So, is it, is it, so we've had, um, you know, we've had a pastor in prison for a few weeks. We've had uh, churches being issued fines and tickets. We've had churches being um, chained up and, and, and locked up by the state. So it's a very, very um, difficult time for churches that are wanting to be obedient to look to the Lord and gather together for the preaching of the Word, for the administration of the Lord's Supper, yeah. and for fellowship in the prayers. So what? What? Some, this past Sunday, your own church, right? Mm -hmm. Fifteen officers come in there in the middle of service? Well, what we had was about... Uh, um, 10 squad cars um, uh, pulled up outside the church and you know there were lights flashing now we had two services on a Sunday and uh, the morning ser the main morning service had just finished um, but a couple of the pastors and elders were um, uh, administering the sacraments uh, to two smaller groups of elderly people uh, in small wow. services and suddenly yeah we had officers our vulnerable um, folks yeah vulnerable folks yeah our elderly folks yeah the ones we're supposed to protect yeah, exactly and uh, yeah we had a, a, a considerable group of officers in their anti-stab vests and so forth suddenly in the sanctuary and um, yeah it's a violation of um, of the Canadian Criminal Code 176 of the Canadian Criminal Code. I think there's a violation. They broke the law. Yeah, and, the, and, and I, they violated the, the Trespass Act as well. I think. Okay, yeah. and so all the churches came out and started yelling Romans 13 as soon as this happened. Well, I think a lot, a lot of the churches, uh, the, the, the challenging and the disappointing thing is that for the most part, although it's not true of all the congregation members, of course, most of the sort of evangelical establishment yeah. has, for the most part, condemned churches that or criticized churches uh, that have opened um, in resistance to the measures. And yeah, Romans 13 is the most popular cited passage, misunderstood, misinterpreted, but thrown around a lot. Yeah. But I mean, that's, they should be yelling Romans 13 at them. How could you, you, you are a servant of God, you're a deacon of God, and you're coming in here in God's church interrupting yeah. while the sacraments are going on? Calvin yeah. would have lost his mind. Yeah. And you're, I, you know, I, you're, you're, this is why God has men like you in leadership, because I'm, I probably would have thrown something. <laughs> well, 
the, you, you make a good point because in the, the Western uh, legal tradition, I mean, if you look, uh, you know, the, the challenges that have come to the Supreme Court, the churches have won. Yeah. Um, in the UK, uh, the government backed off immediately when there was a legal threat in England. In Scotland, uh, a justice ruled in favor of the churches, referred right back to the 17th century, said it's illegal, open the churches. Um, Canada seems to have been uh, strangely cornered um, and uh, you know any of the legal cases thus far like one out in BC have found in favor of the government we have this problem in our charter section one which caveats basically the, the, the guaranteed freedoms in section two and it basically says if, if the government deem if, if it's demonstrably justifiable then your civil liberties your guaranteed fundamental freedoms can be suspended and, that, and, and that's what they've been leaning on so and uh, it's been it has been a struggle um, and it's been discouraging to see how many churches and church leaders have um, condemned those who have tried to take a stand. What do you do right now? You know, how do you guys operate in this? This is no, this is no joke. Well, a lot of the churches are now, um, because we've seen now where it goes when you press this battle to the gates, yeah. it, it, you multiply fine after, many of my best friends and colleagues who are pastoring churches in Canada have multiplied fine after fine after fine. And then um, the courts are basically now locking their churches down. They're just they're just chaining them up, yeah. Um, yeah. So they can't. Really? So the strategy is becoming more and more underground. I think there'll be as the weather improves now. I think there'll be open air worship as well. Okay. But a lot of the churches are being forced out of their buildings. Um, They've just been confiscated. Yeah, the buildings are being shut and effectively confiscated. Yeah. So there's you know there some churches are trying to um, come up with creative strategic solutions of how to use their building. Some are losing their their, their access to their buildings. I think that in the months ahead, it's going to be largely open air stuff, and I think other churches will be um, meeting in undisclosed locations. Because you got to have two. Pro- I mean, you got a lot of problems, but one of the two front sided problems that I see is you have to fight for your church building mm-hmm. because they're stealing, and you also need to make sure the flock right. is taken care of. Yeah, and, and that's so the tough kind of, balance. Yeah, that, that's, the, I think, the thing that pastors and elders wrestle with the most is um, how do you take a stand and be faithful, but how do you at the same time care for the flock? Right. You don't want to just uh, you know, lead people into complete ruin and disaster right, and, and, right. and, and uh, expose uh, families to the wolves. We have to fight the wolves, and then we have to um, shepherd the, the flock into a place of safety as far as is possible. So... Com- uh, Finding the right balance between those two things, if you if you like the sort of the the prophet and the pastor yeah, <laughs> right. together, yeah, um, in that office, how, how do you how do you bring that uh, that balance to bear in response? And I think different churches are coming up with different solutions to that at the moment. When you have thought at this point, though, other Christian brothers um, who are seeing what's going on would have said, "Okay, I don't agree with you, but the fence thing, the arrest thing, the chains on the doors, the lock—that's just." way too much for us that 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 leads down a particular trajectory and even though i might say okay i don't i don't agree with you necessarily but the trajectory that the civil magistrate is leading down that's eventually coming for us yeah when you at some point when you wouldn't that click for our brothers well i think a couple of things there um as time has gone on you know it was two weeks to flatten the curve and now we're right. 14 months later right and the churches are still facing these same you know Right now in Ontario, where I am, it's 10 people maximum. So that, you know, and if you think about the people that are here at this conference, that, that would mean that some families couldn't come in on their own. I couldn't come with my family. Right. Yeah. So we're nine folks. Right. Yeah. One, and then you, we're done. And then, exactly. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So uh, the, there is, I would say, um, glimmers of more pastors beginning to recognize hang on a moment. 
um, if this goes on uh, much longer. So, so maybe some of the most um, hostile criticism has been tempered a little bit now okay. because time is going on. It hasn't led to lots of churches standing oh, up and standing out with us. But it has meant that I think some of the harshest criticism has dissipated somewhat. But the, well, what we're facing in Canada going forward is we've got a bill that's almost certainly going to pass, pass in May called Bill C-6, which is an anti-conversion therapy bill, which is essentially an anti-conversion bill. It basically says that um, no uh, treatment, no service, no counselling can be offered to a, to a minor um, to basically reinforce their biological gender or to any effort to reduce non-normative attraction. And this targets pastors and parents as well. So, in other words, if somebody brought to the, 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 our church their son who was uh, 17 years old, struggling with same-sex attraction, wanted counselling, and our pastors provided that, under this bill, that would be a criminal offence carrying up to five years in prison. So it's not just the lockdown of the churches. There are bills coming through now um, which, will, which will force these churches and churches across the board to face whether they're going to say, well, Caesar is Lord and we're going to submit ourselves entirely to every government edict or Jesus Christ is Lord and we're going to have to resist these things. So, so <laughs> with a bill like that, this, that series has got some pretty heavy teeth to it. Have we seen in this last year that churches, who would probably be considered good churches, um, are going to fold underneath that and say, look what we can't do anymore? Certainly. I think, you, I think that um, we're going to see a massive amount of the churches who just don't want to go anywhere near it, and they will cave. I've, been, I've actually had situations already in Canada where I'm due to speak at a conference, let's say in the West, uh, and um, where I've been asked to produce the... Um, the PowerPoint slides or for people to see my sermon or lecture before I get there in case they fall afoul of um, uh, local ordinances with, with regard to human sexuality because there's all kinds of local bylaws that have preceded this. Uh -huh. This is a federal bill. There's been things that have happened at the provincial level. So already churches are running scared about, well, we don't want him to come because he says stuff that's controversial. That could draw media or legal attention to us that we don't want. So I think you're going to find that um, some of the churches who have said, look, we're going to stand on the sexuality right, issue. Right, this, right, this, right. this stuff right now, no, that's not a hill to die yeah, on. Yeah. You know, Romans 13, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But uh -huh. this would be a hill to die yeah. on. I, I don't think most of them will. I think that, I think um, right. that, that many will cave. They won't want to go near it. Um, I was noticing when you were talking, I think we might have gave you the wrong title. Jesus is King Over Tyrants was your talk, was your title to your talk. But I was thinking, maybe it should have been Jesus King over civil magistrates. Uh -huh. Because it might be that we've had tyrants. It's a too late of, a, if you get a tyrant, you should have been exercising the lordship of Christ even before you got to the tyrant yeah. part. Yeah. So just talk a little bit about your talk, Jesus King over tyrants. Maybe we'll rephrase it, Jesus King over mm. the civil magistrate. Yeah. <laughs> Well, basically, the essence of the, of the talk is, was to say that, you know, from the time of the early church, the choice for Christians was Christ or Caesar. And it was a very direct confrontation between Christ and Caesar. And you see that in the proclamation of Caesar Augustus and Peter's response in Acts 4.12, there's salvation mm -hmm. in no one else. Um, there's no other name under heaven given to men by which you must be saved. And there was a shift with the Christian faith from salvation and lordship and authority through politics to salvation, lordship, and authority uh, in and through the Lord Jesus Christ over all men and all nations. And, you know, the Romans 13 passage actually makes clear that all authority uh, is subject to the, to the lordship of Christ, to God. And, yeah. you know, the, in Matthew 28, 
all authority in heaven and earth is mine. So I was sort Does of. Does that mean all of heaven and all of earth? Does that's all right. mean all? In I think Greek? it means all. I'm not sure that it leaves anything out. Okay, I just wonder what the all in Greek was. <laughs> like, it, the you know when you look at Ephesians one, you look at Colossians one, uh-huh. you see this totalizing authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that was, I was arguing that that claim was the basis and foundation of freedom in the world. It was the foundation of freedom in the West. That's what built our liberties. The birth of a truly independent church that refused to say Caesar is Lord and said Jesus Christ is Lord. And uh, our liberties have basically developed from there. Mm. And as we de-Christianize and re-paganize, it's logical that we are now seeing the uh, retreat and the demise of freedom in the West. Um, the things that we have taken for granted for so long. Tyrant um, you know, literally means an illegitimate ruler. And if you look at the entomology of illegitimate, it means a lawless one. So as we abandon God and his law, uh, we uh, all we're left with is the crumbs of judicial pluralism and positivism, and mm. the authority and lordship of of a totalizing state, uh, and essentially a totalitarian state. So that was the the, the 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 rub of what I was talking about in Jesus, King of Tyrants. What? Do, how do you think we got here? I mean, because America has a. I mean, right now compared to uh, compared to Canada. We have a lot of things in place with our civil magistrates. We have city councils, we have sheriffs, we have governors, we, and then we have representatives. Of our, you know, and, and then we have our president. You know? So we have all these stop gaps in place. And I look at that, I'm saying, that's not an accident, right? That, no. There's a theology behind that that creates a country mm-hmm. that operates that way. And so there's a lot of stop gaps in place. But how do we even get here to where we even have tyrants anyway yeah with, with those kind of things set in place it seems um it seems that we would have some sort of operation even in uh, without having a theological mm-hmm. background because something we have a foundation built it controls how you operate yeah right so uh, people build doors and walls it controls how you use the building yeah the way our country was set up controls how we operate and yet we still have tyrants in place well yeah, of course with the with the united states the there was a recognition that you can man is a sinner and you can trust no man or institution with too much power so you have a division of powers separation of powers we have something similar in canada we've got the lower and upper house okay and then you've got provinces that have provincial premiers and they have a lot of they have actually quite a bit of power but you don't see the music because they're all on the take from the federal government they're all on handouts from the federal government Mm. so you don't see the kind of local resistance but i think ultimately um if you the a tyrant is the law is somebody who rules in a lawless way and uh, eventually what happens is if we abandon God's law if we abandon God's authority and and the lordship of Jesus Christ over the magistrate over government don't forget I, I forget which one of your founders it was now who said that look the the American Constitution was written for a Christian people yeah and yeah. Uh, yeah. no constitution can save us no, right. no structure. The you know the British Constitution, which is unwritten, um, uh, can't save us. The, the Canadian Charter, of all things, certainly can't save us. Even the American Constitution can't save That's us right. if we That's abandon right. the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And uh, as we steadily walk away from that, and we and we actually want the state to be the provider, be our Lord, uh, give us cradle to grave security, yeah. that you, we have the introduction of of tyranny. Um, as it reaches into more and more area of life to control us and rule over us and govern us. It's not limited, in other words, to its proper jurisdiction by God himself if we surrender Christ and his law. And which we've been doing for a long time, which is exactly. why the whole structure itself doesn't work. Okay, I want to talk about something that's very dear to me. I want to talk about when you talked about a tyrant as someone who um, is lawless, right? 
I see a lot of people right now who are trying to push back against tyrannical government with no standard, no ethic, no law. Mm -hmm. um, and what, what they're doing is they're shouting from the rooftop, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King, but then they have a huge problem with biblical law. Yes. And applying biblical law. But I'm starting to see that while the leaders, a lot of leaders out there aren't liking this, they're starting to write about it. A lot of people are really enjoying biblical law, the standard, the uh, theonomy. Mm -hmm. and, but why is theonomy starting to make a comeback? Because I feel like since 2008, I've been yelling this. I've been yeah. yelling it, and, and I've been getting poo-pooed on a lot. Like, yeah. shh. We won that battle. We beat y'all guys a long time ago at Bonson. That's yeah. not ever happening. But all of a sudden, I'm hearing people talk about the lordship of Christ yeah. <laughs> over the government. And I'm like, wait, I thought you guys didn't like this. But theonomy is making a comeback. Why is theonomy making a comeback all of a sudden? Well, you don't beat God's law. Uh, you know, when people shut say, it down, game over, <laughs> easy answer. Uh, you know, because you know, there's uh, God has established His laws and norms for all of creation, and He's inscripturated uh, His law, uh, His law word for us, and um, we have to properly interpret it, of course. But you can't fight something with nothing, and a yeah. lot of the people who recognize there's a problem, we need to push back and say, you know, we've got to get back to. But it's this sort of vague, generalized moralism. And uh, just just that sort of um, uh, moralism isn't gonna isn't gonna help us. We have to have, as you said, a standard. Yeah. And um, when you look at Scripture, what is sin? Apostle John says sin is lawlessness. Satan, who is he? He's the man of lawlessness. Um, what's Christ come to redeem us from? Mm. All lawlessness. Mm. So, and in Matthew five, Jesus is clear: heaven and earth isn't going to pass away um, before heaven and. Uh, God's law won't pass away. Not a punctuation mark, actually, of yeah. God's law is going to pass away till heaven and earth pass away. So there is a continuity uh, to that law. And I think as we've come under more and more cultural pressure, as we've seen more and more threats to freedom emerging, as we're seeing the sort of demoralization of our culture, yeah. demoralization, yeah. literally, lawlessness, yeah, lawlessness yeah. Yeah. people are now casting about saying, hang on a minute, well, how did we... How did we have a law-abiding country in the first place? What were the resources? Mm. What resources were we relying on? Well, we were relying on the resources of God's law word. It's right there, right back as far as Alfred the Great in the, in the development of English uh, common law. And uh, the Puritans, of course, emphasized it in England and in, uh, here in uh, America. And we took biblical law for granted. It's nascent in the history of the development of law in the West. It, you know, Sharia law isn't nascent there. It's not, you don't find it there. That's why it feels interesting, foreign. Interesting. Biblical law, we've spent the last 60 years repealing it. I mentioned in my, <laughs> you know, we're interacting with it. We're just repealing right, it. We're just repealing it the whole time. Yeah. Right. That's so, interesting. You know, we, so it's there. It's present. Uh, we're unaware of its present almost. We've forgotten about it. But if you look at the liturgies of the church, we used to recite the law every week. Uh -huh. We used to display the law in our churches. Yeah. In England, we used to hang the, the law on the crown courts. It was part of the common no law. It was part of common knowledge. You knew God's law. And now as we're facing mm. this lawlessness, people are looking for, hang, hang on, what are the resources that allowed us to be a free people, a law-abiding people, where yeah. there was justice and um, righteousness? Well, righteousness and justice are defined by God's law. Yeah. So a righteous people demand righteous laws, you'll get biblical law. An unrighteous people will repeal biblical law. That's the process we've been in. See, when you say that, I think they wouldn't say it like this, but I think a lot of people don't want biblical law what they're afraid of is a theocracy if we yeah. use biblical law then what we turn into is like the catholic church a theocracy sure. right and that's not how things should operate and you know it's funny just to point this out they go to the bible to point that out which is like you're being a theonomist like if you because <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. still but 
should people be afraid of that? Every every human government is a theocracy. Every human government is a theocracy. It just depends which god you're acknowledging. Mm. Is it the popular sovereignty of the people? Vox populi, vox dei, the voice of the people is the voice of God. That's a theocracy. Is it in Islamic world? That's a theocracy. Is it the... It's inescapable. The, yeah. Is it, is, it the, uh, is it the sovereignty of the state? That's a theocracy. All governments are a theocracy. It just depends which god. It, means, it literally means rule of God. Mm. So, or God's rule. So uh, uh, the, the issue facing us is people have to recognize there's a difference between an ecclesiocracy, mm. which is the rule of the church uh-huh. and the clergy over the state in every area of life, and the recognizing of God's rule and God's supremacy over our lives and, and uh, our culture, which was recognized in England, in Britain. The coronation oath in the 1950s <laughs> recognizes the absolute authority of Christ and his word and his law over the people. In fact, the word sovereignty wasn't used in the American Constitution because it was a recognition that God is sovereign. Um, and even our uh, Canadian Charter recognizes the supremacy of God in, in the preamble. Yeah. So th- we, we, when we talk about theocracy and God's law, God's rule and God's law, we don't mean an ecclesiocracy like the medieval world in yeah. which the church institute and its clergy is ruling over every area of life. Right. We need the principle of what... Abraham Kuyper called sphere sovereignty, yes. where there's the independence of these different spheres, and they are accountable to God in their area to obey his word. Can we do an exercise real quick, and I'll let you run? Because um, I can talk to you all day about this, especially this particular topic, because we need so much education in this, because um, we're going to be discipling the world. And I think the way that the things are right now, we've been discipling them poorly, mm-hmm. because we don't know God's law. But um, because I believe God's law has an answer for all problems, and one of the biggest problems in America we're about to have is a police reform. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going through all kinds of different reforms, and the left is leading it, and the right, conservative Christians are saying there's nothing wrong. They're wrong, and they're wrong, right? So we're going to have some kind of police. So they're not ready to handle the police reform we're about to get. They're pushing back, thinking that what we have is absolutely great. There's something broken, obviously. Yep. And these people are saying, we need reform, we need reform. So we're going to get it. But my fear is that these guys over here don't know, don't have any answers to reform yeah. because they don't see a problem. And God's law has all kinds of problems about our current situations here in America with when yeah. it comes to our policing. Could you, somebody who's been an astute in God's word and God's law, how do we work out policing in America? How do we work out policing, period? You know, I'm just throwing that yeah. one on you. But how would you how would you come through the system that we have as much as you know yeah. and start saying biblically this is what we need to how we need to operate when it comes to policing? Well, of course, we need law if it's uh, if it's just advice. Law is more than advice. Law is precept and sanction. Uh, mm. If 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 uh, if the police pull me over, you know, because um, you know I've been speeding and 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 you know doing a hundred kilometers an hour at a fifty. And just say, hey, you know, um, there's some good advice on the statute books. Uh, you know, just if you could slow down a bit, really appreciate it. Um, if there was no sanction attached to that, where there was the, the, the threat that actually I might be fined or, yeah. or that the, the law consists of both the precept and the sanction. So law functions as a teaching device uh, in mm. society. Law teaches us values. So, for example, in, in Canada, you could be um, the maximum penalty for rape, I think, as late as the 1950s. Uh, was the death penalty. Yeah. Now, you're unlucky if you go to, to, to prison. Well, now they uh, make the rapists pay for you in jail. Right. <laughs> so what does, that, but what does that teach people about the value of women? Yeah, that's right. Right. So, Ooh, so law, is a, law is, a, is, a, is a teaching device. So obviously laws have to be enforced. Yes. Um, and um, that's why it's so important that we have just law. 
um, but the um, but the enforcement of law can never be from those who are themselves acting lawlessly because mm. that totally undermines mm. the 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 confidence that anybody would have in the law so I think we need um, do we need to be uh, uh, firm with crime yes we do but let's make sure that uh, we're not um, we're not the p- part of the problem with policing today is we've multiplied so many thousands of laws, so many uh-huh. thousands of regulations, uh-huh. so on uh, year after year after year being adding to the st- added to the statute books. Um, we have we're increasingly becoming we have we have the, the risk that we actually become a police state. Yeah. Be- uh, God's God's law is His yoke is easy, His burden is light. Um, and uh, there, there, there are ten commandments. And those are the standing law. And then there are various case laws that give us minimal examples of how to understand that in a particular context. If we wrestle with God's law properly, and we and uh, we we actually emphasise what God emphasises, I don't think we'd be emphasising some of the petty stuff right. that is emphasised today. Yeah. I mean, as much as I don't like weed, for example, I, I don't I don't see where God's law is interested in what grass people are smoking. Yeah. Um, it's judgments on the uh, victim. Right. right. So I think, um, and we need, a, we need restorative justice. I mean, justice ultimately is about restitution um, or, or tribution. Yeah, abso- absolutely. It's absolutely. tribution. Yeah. And it's, the, it's about justice. is not about man getting his way, especially for any particular group or class within society. It's about God getting his way. And yeah. we're supposed to have equality before the law. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so justice is about tribution, people getting what they're due. Mm-hmm. And so we need to make sure that law is proportionate and that um, uh, you know God's law is always as well compassionate if you look at the revisions uh, uh, and restorative so we need restorative justice and we need what part of the problem in the justice system today is that we have made it so radically impersonal Um, we very rarely have a a situation where uh, the 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 victims are able to face the uh, the perpetrators and find a way of actually reconcile reconcile, there being restitution not to the state but to the person that's a huge problem right make restitution and then that person having made restitution can be restored to the community what we want to do now is we want to in a very unbiblical way because the penitentiary is a pagan it's a humanistic idea if you lock somebody away they're they're a tabula rasa they're a blank slate lock them away wipe the slate clean then they'll release them as good people yeah, the Bible only recognizes, <laughs> you know, the, the Bible only recognizes, you know, so you can be penitent there. Yeah. But the Bible actually only recognizes jails for temporary custody while you await yeah. trial That's until right. you work off yeah. or make restitution and then you're restored to the community. Or for protection. So, you know, the man, um, the uh, blood avenger, so he won't get you. Right. <laughs> it protects them in a sanctuary city as well. That's correct. Until the, until justice has been, the, 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 the truth has it, been it, found it, yep. and justice has been, as, is being served. So I think if there was a, the, 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 you know, we know that recidivism, that's re-offense, is sky high in North America. Yeah. Uh, that's because prisons don't work. And actually warehousing people who have criminal backgrounds together to, to, so that they come out to be better criminals is not the way we restore people to community. And it's not the way tribution is understood in the Bible. So I think all of that needs looking at. And there's so many resources in biblical law yeah. to actually do that. Yeah. We've ignored it for a long time. And, yeah. Um, when I look at the policing, one of the things I think about, I think there were 19,000 gun murders in America um, just last year. And out of that, we had 17 public um, executions. And so then the 
there's no real judgment. There's no real no. suppression of wickedness. And so then, of course, your murders skyrocket. Right. And then police jobs become extremely hard. When we're not upholding justice, yep. all of a sudden we got to come up with a whole bunch of micro laws that really aren't biblical at all. And, yep. and police officers' jobs become very, very difficult because they have to enforce these micro yep. laws. Where the, when you're suppressing wickedness, you start helping keeping that underneath. You start creating a moral people in a general sense right. because wickedness is being suppressed. And so a lot of our policing problems is because we don't honor God in yeah. some of the ways that we should be doing judgment with murderers. Right. And so when I look at policing right now, and I, people don't know this, but theonomists don't agree about everything. No. And But it's the action back and forth with engaging God's law that we're exercising this muscle yeah. to, be, to be good people of the word. So that we can be good judges as we see the situation. Yeah, we need prudent, prudential judgment. We need to, if we were actually wrestling with the resources of God's law, you know, it, God's law is a journey into wisdom. Um, it's there in the prophets. It's there in Proverbs. It's throughout scripture. Yeah. It's there in the Psalms. It's a journey into wisdom. And we wrestle with the resources of God's law so that we make right applications for our own time. It's not a static wooden thing. We, as, as God's law is, con there's a constancy there, but as circumstances change we see new applications of God's law and if we were wrestling with them together you're absolutely right because it laws a teaching device and there's sanction attached to law yeah it it, yeah. it, it, um, it as Paul makes clear in first Timothy chapter 1 part of the function of, of, of the civil function of the law is to restrain wickedness yeah and uh, but as we de-christianize as a culture the only laws that are enforceable are laws that most people are already obeying themselves. Uh -huh. The vast majority are already obeying. Mm. Uh, if, if nobody's going to obey, right, then you can't enforce them. Yeah, so, right. so that becomes a major factor that as um, we see uh, the, mm. the gospel um, being uh, abandoned, as we see the consequent collapse of families and communities and the demise of the churches, we'll see more criminality and law becomes that much harder to in yeah, force yeah. so there's there's, there's a, no moral people yeah that's right that's yeah, right that because, makes the, sense. because people are being demoralized and becoming lawless everybody doing what is right in their own eyes so there's a multiplicity of areas where there's no one magic bullet for this uh, but, yeah, there's, but yeah. there's a multiplicity of, of issues that we have to grapple with when it comes to law, policing, and justice in our communities I, I think the reason we're losing our a lot of our there's some people who are getting played um, and then, but I think the reason we're losing our Christian reform brothers to the social justice woke movement is because we don't have an ethic You're for precisely the precisely right. You are absolutely you know? right. And, and instead of using uh, critical race theory and intersectionality like a weapon to beat people with, because that's what I'm seeing happen, which and I don't like that stuff. I'm totally opposed to it. But just because you can call out a wrestling move on somebody doesn't mean you know how to defend against it. No, no <laughs> you, that's right. You, you got to have yeah. an ethic here. And that's what scares me about this. Okay, if you had an easy button and you can hit it, what would you want to see? What's that easy button fixing right now? All the way around. If you had an easy button and you can hit it, you can like, this would fix our problems. If people could get this thing, Yeah. what would that be? I think it would be a, 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 a new, a relearning to understand the meaning of Jesus Christ is Lord. Mm. I think we've got a, a Jesus who is our, we want as our savior, mm -hmm. who wants to give us goodies um, and make our life easier and so on. But the, the, but the recognition of the reality, the glory, the majesty, and the cost of standing with the lordship of Jesus, kurios, mm. that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
because implied in that lordship is all the things that we've just talked about. So if we could once again grapple with the fact that Jesus is not just Lord of my, between my ears, and, you know, somewhere deep buried in my heart, and that, you know, he loves me and I'm going to heaven. If we could understand that what the lordship of Christ means over every area of life and thought, because Christ gives to us the resources of his word. He is the, the living word. And if we could grasp again as God's people that Jesus Christ is Lord of all uh, and his authority is over all that would be my easy button because I think mm. the consequences of understanding that the implications being worked out of that would be would address of course not perfectly there's no well it's in the world sure. there'll be no utopia sure. it's not utopianism yes. it's recognizing that an answer to our prayer thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven Amen. man doc I could talk to you for another three hours I know I could but I'm gonna let you go I'll let you have enjoy the rest of the conference and you're going to be around for a while yeah i'm going to be over at the table there chatting with people i hope so okay. uh, thank you I mean, I appreciate not you appreciate so it very much, much. Yeah, bless you let me get this mic off so you can